to the sixth episode of Tufts Career Center's podcast, From Here to There, where we will be talking with Tufts alumni about their career journeys, starting from their time as an undergraduate at Tufts all the way to their current positions. I'm Hannah. And I'm Miss Menia, and we are the Career Fellows at the Tufts Career Center. Joining us today is an alumnus of the class of 2014, Nick Consumpus. At Tufts, Nick majored in psychology and minored in leadership and entrepreneurship. He is now founder of Farmer Nick, where he works as a plant coach and urban farmer. Thank you so much for having me. Always fun connecting with fellow jumbos. That is something that makes me very, very happy. And yes, I am a plant coach, urban farmer, landscaper, plantrepreneur, whatever you want to call it. If it's green, I want to be involved. So I help my clients by giving them the confidence and knowledge they need to bring green into their spaces for the first time, all in the pursuit of environmental action. As much as it's about the plants, it's also about the environment. And I'm convinced that that plants and just owning a small plant on your desk can help reevaluate the relationship we have with the big plant we all live on. So that is my mission, just to make the world greener one plant at a time. Awesome. Thank you so much for being here with us, Nick. Um, to start off, can you give us a little bit of the trajectory that you've been on since being at Tufts to where you are now? Definitely. So I call this story kind of the, the germination story, right? And it's how, how that seed started. And to be honest, I was never into plants growing up. I didn't have a single plant in my house. I didn't have like a garden. My mom did like tomatoes a couple of years and I just like would, you know, water them with the hose, nothing major at all. And I thought, you know, I was going to be college athlete and then work in the corporate world and do the typical New York City thing. And for a while I was, I graduated in 2014, was living at home in White Plains, just above New York City. And my mom said, you know, if you're going to be living here rent free while you're working for IBM, you need to do something around the house. I was like, all right, well, what do you want me to do? And she said, well, you, you loved, you know, being an athlete, playing baseball at Tufts. You love food. You love cooking. Why don't you start a garden? And I had never gardened before. I had never known anything about plant care, anything like that. And I was like, all right, sure, I'll, I'll give it a shot. And from the moment I put that first tomato seedling in the ground and tasted the literal fruits of my labor, I became obsessed. The garden became bigger and bigger every year. People in my family were giving me seed packets and books and funny plant t-shirts for gifts. And it's just, it became my whole identity. And this was all while I was still working in New York. I was still working in tech, I had a great job at IBM Watson, ended up working for a couple startups after that. And as much as I loved, you know, talking to people and, and, working in tech and being in the startup space, it just wasn't fulfilling for me because I knew that I had these newfound environmental values and this love of plants. And I wanted to pursue that full time. I just didn't know how. And it wasn't until I started the Instagram farmer, Nick NYC at the time that all of a sudden people started asking like, Hey, like, can you help me with my plants? Can you come over? Can you take me plant shopping? And it just kind of spiraled into this business that I was really just more of a side hustle doing before and after work, 
And it reached the point where I had 40 clients. I'm like, oh my gosh, like I, I can't sustain this. I ended up uh, quitting my job in 2019 to pursue Farmer Nick full-time, and I have not looked back since. Thanks so much for bringing us along how you, where you are today. I was wondering, in addition to pivot points in your career, if you could share any mentors or advisors, even professors here at Tufts that had a significant impact on your life mm. so far and provided you with guidance? Oh, good question. I mean, there's, there's a lot. There's a whole lot. Uh, I think that number one, uh, Professor Jack Derby, through the entrepreneurship program, he was instrumental. He was the first person to tell me, like Nick, you you should be you should try sales. And yes, technically, I'm not in sales now, but my job is selling myself, right? And, and that is something that is very difficult to do. And without having, you know, those skills and and the entrepreneurship mindset that Tufts instilled in me, especially with with Jack's influence, I would never have had the confidence to pursue this in the first place. I would never have known how to make a, a business plan. I would never have known how to do a pitch deck and have some of these client interactions that I have now. So, so Jack was, was huge for me. And then I also just, I loved Sam Summers. Sam Summers was, I mean, he's, he's a, he's a crowd favorite. He's the easy choice, right? But he, he was awesome. He really broke down just like the social psychology, which for me on Instagram, there's a lot of social psychology that goes into how you communicate with folks online. So those two in particular were, were really you know, influential in regards to this specific entrepreneurship uh, plant focus that I have now. That's super interesting. Thanks. Yeah, I took social psych with Sam Summers and I think no matter what your oh, major is, you should one of the best, one of the most entertaining yeah. classes you can take. Yeah, it's awesome. Besides professors, being that you were a psych major and minored in leadership and entrepreneurship, at Tufts and kind of, as you said, didn't really have an environmental um, focus at that point. Are there still things that you learned in the classroom from that major and minor that still impact how you run your business? Yeah, I think that for the most part, you know, it's not as much about the actual learnings or the specific studies that, that make the difference. I think more in a more thematic sense, Tufts values of active citizenship play a huge role in what I do. And I used to love working and taking classes under Mindy Nirenberg, who I know, I think, believe she's retired now, um, but through the Tisch School. And that sense of active citizenship plays a huge role in my business now because what I'm doing is trying to effectively make environmental change through evaluating people's relationship with plants and nature. And having that component, having the nonprofit partners that I have, having, you know, I, I donate 10% of, of all of my sponsored content to some of these environmental causes. I don't think I would have had that mindset had it not been for the active citizenship component that Tufts has. So that, that plays a huge role in kind of my ethos and my mindset. And I don't want to do anything with a, a partner, be it on Instagram or a client that doesn't fit those values. So Having those instilled in me young was was great, and I hope to continue doing that and expand some of that work in the future. Awesome. Yeah, thanks for sharing all that. That was really actually quite fittingly leads into my question of if you could build on what it means to you to be working in regenerative environmental action and justice and 
besides the 10% donation that you do, what are some other concrete ways in which this passion is manifested through your own work? There's a few different ways. For me, active citizenship in regards to the regenerative agriculture movement and also the environmental movement stems from food insecurity. How can we feed people in a way that shows that food, healthy food, is a right rather than a privilege? And some of that work has manifested itself with community gardens, much of that work actually. So I have a partnership with Fiskars. They make these you know, orange scissors that you probably see everywhere and garden tools. And they have this program called Project Orange Thumb, where they would donate small amounts of money to community gardens all over the country. And we spoke, this was, I think, in, in end of 2020, about taking over that program and, and revitalizing it and saying, what if we identified community gardens, not as many, but maybe four or six community gardens around the country, and really dive into what they do? and give them a much larger donation. We donate $10,000 to every community garden we service and tell their story. So I get to, which I think is the greatest job ever, I get to travel the country and visit these community gardens who are literally on the ground doing such amazing things. So for example, there's one in LA here called Alma Backyard Farms. They are a community garden in Compton, really an urban farm, they're huge. They're a community garden there and they, have not just a farm stand that helps address some of the food insecurity challenges in that area, but they also hire previously incarcerated individuals. So such a unique take. It's not just, you know, oh, people in the neighborhood have a plot that they can grow their food. No, like they are in the trenches fighting for these changes that are systemic in our society and really expose some of the inequities that exist in our, in our food system. Another garden that we did last year was Oko Farms in Brooklyn. It's an aquaponics farm, meaning that there's fish in the system right on the, the water in Williamsburg. It's beautiful. It's an education center. And Yemi, their founder, grows a lot of crops that are traditional to African countries where you will not find those, those crops or that representation in your local supermarket. So being able to help share those stories, tell those stories, and, and donate to their work is so vital to me. And you know, it's, it's just it puts things in perspective. Right. When you're seeing someone when you're visiting these gardens and food distribution centers who is in a walker, you know, walking four blocks to get this fresh produce because the nearest grocery store is two miles away and they can't do it themselves, that is impact. And yes, it's a it's a small impact, but it's something that I think people need to see in order to be able to address it fully in the future. Wow, thank you for talking a little bit about that. That's such an impactful way to be involved in this work. I'm wondering, can you give some advice to current Tufts students who are interested in getting involved in environmental justice work, maybe particularly in urban farming and some ideas or advice you have for them as they begin this career journey? A great question. I think if you're a young person who wants to get involved in this space, it might sound silly, but like just start growing things, right? Just start familiarizing yourself with the process and doing so will help you do a couple things. Number one, it'll teach you about plants and, and the failures associated with them. There are many failures. I have done most of my, my learning through trial and error. And also it helps build empathy. It builds empathy for the farmers. It builds empathy for the food system. It builds empathy for the, the workers, many of whom are, are POC and, and oftentimes immigrant workers coming here to, to source our food and pick our food and harvest that. 
And a lot of these issues, both from a socioeconomic standpoint and a food system standpoint, were brought to light during the pandemic when all of a sudden those workers couldn't travel here during peak harvesting time. And all of a sudden, you know, there's no food in our grocery stores in some areas of the country. So I, I think being able to just start growing yourself and seeing what that process looks like is so, so important. And then really it's about understanding the soil. It's not about the plants. The soil is where we can really make a big impact. There's so much that is done in our commercial agriculture system with monocultures, meaning you're growing one thing over and over and over again, and that does nothing to feed and nourish the soil. And if we don't take care of the soil, we're not only going to be ruining our crops, but we're not able to sequester as much carbon. We're not able to build up the microbiome and the mycelium in the soil, which are so much more beneficial to our long-term health and the health of our crops and our food system. So if you have the opportunity to either grow in your own backyard or volunteer on one of these regenerative farms or community gardens, I could not recommend it more. It's a great experience. It will be fun. It will be tiring and exhausting and sweaty, but it will be worth it. And it will be something that will help you tremendously if you decide to work for one of these nonprofits or startups in the space. Awesome. Thanks so much for that. I'm sure the students who are, will be listening to this and are interested in this field appreciate hearing that. One final question to wrap up our conversation. I'm wondering if you could share any exciting plans or hopes for what's next for you and your business. Ooh, how much can I share? How much am I legally allowed to share? So right now, the actual plant coaching and installation business has, has been fantastic, working on a couple exciting projects in upstate New York, building large-scale veggie gardens for folks up there. I'm actually headed to New York on Thursday, going to be doing my first window installation with Allbirds, which is very exciting, their new store in Flatiron. So that will be a, a bucket list, a botanical bucket list moment for me. And then towards the end of the summer and probably into the fall, there will be an opportunity to, let's say, uh, how do I put this? You'll be able to watch uh, more about uh, my experiences uh, with landscaping and planting. If you have any of the big streaming services, perhaps, and there will be opportunities to read more about my story and some of my tips for helping out with plants. So that's about as much as I can say now. All right. Well, thank you so much for being with us today, Nick. Um, it's been really great to hear your story and to hear the advice that you have for current tough students. Um, I'm hoping that they'll enjoy hearing your story too. And we'll all keep our eyes out for what comes next for you. Thanks again. Awesome. Thank you for having me. Go Bose. <laughs>